This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Yes, we're with you, albeit scrambling to put our headsets on. That five minutes of news sometimes feels awfully short, doesn't it, Sam? Ah, oh, well, Ro, we have to catch up on the news of the week, <laughs> what's been going on yep. in Perth. Well, not really, just what's been going on in our own lives, Yeah, basically. And it's a big day. Our regional listeners haven't been with us all morning, but... Ebb's upping ship and leaving us. I know. Which um, we are, we are yeah. quite sad about. We so. are very sad. It's our last Saturday with Ebb's and it's not only Ebb that we bring into the program, it's her husband Pete as well. I know. I know. <laughs> the future mayor of Gwellup is yes. going to be... Yeah, he'll be Devo yeah. uh, because we all flick one another texts <laughs> all night long on a Friday night. Uh, In preparation. <laughs> preparation. this hour of power. <laughs> That's how much. That's how much we put into this show. <laughs> Just to be ready for you, the listeners at home. Try and keep Sabrina on track. Yeah, that's Check right. in on her health, which yeah. is always important. Always, there's always something going on. You isn't okay? There? Yeah, I just look like I've been punched in the eyeball, but that's nothing. Just a uh, quiet bar fight in Frio <laughs> or something. For the G, you'd have a good local, wouldn't no, you? No, but the great thing is, I think I've had a slight facelift when I had. <laughs> I had a B, I had a BCC cut out just above my left eyebrow, so I'm either going to look like I have quite a quizzical look on my face, as if I'm inquiring at depth into something, uh, or a, a look of surprise on half of my face. But um, it, the swelling will go down and be marvellous. But being so str- visual, oh. we just. <laughs> You know, need to help our listeners understand that they now have to visualise Megan Gale with a band-aid with, above with her With a band-aid eye. on her eyebrow. But um, You're well, though, health-wise? Oh, it's sensational. Good. I haven't had any accidents, but I haven't been able to swim, of course. Oh. I can't swim for two weeks, Ro. Mm. That's not good. Time. You've had cameras at your house as well in all of this. Josh, all of this. my mate Josh Byrne from Gardening Australia, they came and filmed my garden on Thursday. Did, did I tell you about their little inquiry with me? No. No. Oh, do tell. So blessed. The researchers at Gardening Australia yeah. obviously were coming to Perth, wanted yeah. to have a look at some gardens. Yeah. They must have done some research as you and I work together and, you know, we're the yes. gardening personalities. Yes. And I think in my um, online description, mm. it says something about, I can't remember what the line is about my approach to gardening, but it's, it's sarcastic. <laughs> but the sarcasm was obviously missed. <laughs> and so, so the, you film your bless garden? the producer actually reached out and said, we've heard, we're looking for gardens. We've heard that, um, you know, you're really keen and... <laughs> Would would be, be you'd be interested in us coming and having a look and scope? <laughs> that is hilarious. I hope, you should have said yes. <laughs> well, I actually because I was trying to work out if they were you know taking the mickey out of yeah, me yeah, yeah, or yeah. if what was going on or were they looking to do like a renovation Ooh. like rescue and I, I'm saying to leave my partner and going well if they want to come and do our garden yeah, like come on down bring in the ca- <laughs> camera crews and let's do this. But weirdly enough, when I went back just to clarify and said thank you so much. Yeah. For your interest, I just want to be really clear what your expectations are. Yes. Gave a little summary of our yard. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't hear anything back. <laughs> so I obviously decided to go to yours instead. Our people will talk to your people at some point in time. Because they do require photos as well. So 
<laughs> Funnily enough, it never oh, really. Oh, Ro, what a disappointment, darling. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I got filmed with a black eye and a swollen. I said to the producer, do you want me to wear a hat and sunglasses? He said, does it bother you? I said, not in the least. I don't care at all. So we didn't. So I'll be looking just like Megan Gale with a bandage on top of the eyebrow. Perfect, perfect description. Uh, John has sent us a text. He thought you would be with all the VIPs. And influences uh, at, at Melbourne Park this week with the zoom zoom cars going round and round. Didn't oh, get an the invite. Grand Prix. <laughs> I could think of nothing more boring in my entire life. Ebony's now going off her off her seat in exclamation exclamation mark. Oh, good stuff. Don't, don't they just go around in the same sort of circle thing? Isn't that what they do? They yeah, have they fast do. cars and they go really around quickly. and around and around. And there's drama. Is there? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, there's there's <laughs> marquees and stuff where you could pay no attention to there's the race at all. And true. you'd probably be Yeah, and okay. there's large bottles of champagne, Correct. I believe, because they spray it all over the... The big you... magnums come out at the end and Terrible open waste. your mouth if you're close by. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be worth going for, right? Oh, yes. But no, Sab's here in Perth, John, thankfully. Yes, right yes. here by my side. Megan Gale with her Band-Aid above her eye. And um, we're looking forward to being with you for the next 50 minutes. The phones are slow this morning, so uh, ah. everyone's assuming everyone else is ringing. Oh. And I'd be thinking with Easter just around the corner, people have probably got questions to get prepared for four days in the garden, right? Absolutely. And See, here they come. Here they come. Because, you know, <laughs> Easter traditionally was the biggest, biggest, biggest week of for plant sales in nurseries. Yeah. Yep. was always. The things have changed because of climate change, but... Honestly, I'm going to spend all of Easter in my garden. I'm going to dig stuff up, move it around, as I do, put more stuff in, take a bit out, <laughs> put all my winter veggies in this Easter. So it's a good time to revamp. I'm going to rip everything out of the veggie garden and replant. Oh, I'll be so busy, Ro. You are a fire. Ah, needless to say. Oh, brilliant. Well... Uh, phones, phone lines are open, 1300 if you want to give us a call. Of course, you never forget the text number, and there's plenty of those already in the queue, 0437 uh, Let's start there, actually. Sab, a question for you. Have people noticed hedges of callistamine dying around the Morley and Mount Lawley area? Yep. People need to know how they treat their hedges before they die. Okay, so callistamines have been dying uh, around Perth for the last probably eight years. When I spoke to uh, DPERD, they weren't they weren't sure what was going on, what what the cause is, because it's happening with different species of callistamine at all different sizes. So uh, no one really knows. I reckon it's going to be. Because people think that it might be climate change, but I actually think it's going to be more of a fungal issue. It's not borer, so it's not an insect, so therefore it has to be a virus, a bacteria or a fungi. So, okay, so when you see your calistamin, your bottle brush going backwards, what you need to do is prune off any of the dead wood. Go and get some soil microbes, wetting agent, Compost, dig that in around really lightly around the base of the uh, bottle brush. Water it in really, really, really well and then supplement water that bottle brush with watering once a week with, uh, you know, a hose. Okay. 
Beautiful. Uh, Anna from Latham just wanted to say, uh, she wanted to let you know that the garden in Willoughby is saved from fungi gnat larvae. The gardener was going to give up gardening, but she saved too. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, <laughs> Is that you just you. saving gardens yeah, one around, top back caller at a time? Up and down Willoughby, yeah. Very good. What a community service. Uh, let's head to the first of our callers this morning. That is Michelle, who's in Melville. Hello, Michelle. Oh, hello, ladies. Hello. Um, thanks for taking the call. I have a native garden that I planted two years ago. It's a very large verge garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put weed matting down, mm-hmm. you know, took off, took off the horrible grass, took down weed matting and bark chips and made holes for the plants. And where the plants died, yeah. the cooch has come through the weed matting holes and is taking yep. over the world. Yep. And so I've got various sort of open splotches where I want to plant new plants and I need to get rid of the cooch okay. first. Okay, so two things here. I hate weed matting. It does not work to prevent weeds. It prevents the water, the moisture from getting into the ground. Environmentally, it's a nightmare. Do not use weed matting because it doesn't stop the weeds anyway. For cooch, the only thing that you will be able to use in a mixed garden bed where you don't want your plants to die (laughs) but you want the cooch to die is called Fusilade, F-U-S-I-L-A-D-E. I can give you the product name because it's the only one out there. So it's expensive. I think it's about... I don't know, 90, 100 bucks for a one-litre bottle. You only need a very small amount. So I say to people, ask friends that may have the same problem and you go halves or thirds in the bottle. Yep. Okay. Wear a mask, wear gloves. Do it according to the instructions on the back of the bottle. Easy. Don't just go, oh, I reckon a bit of this, bit of that, double it up, be good. Don't Pay attention. Do that. Pay okay. attention. That's uh, all Michelle in Melbourne needs to know. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right, let's go to Debbie, who's in Brentwood. Hello, Debbie. Yes, hi. Look, I've got a mystery. I, a couple of weeks ago I planted uh, lobelia and petunia um, seedlings. Mm-hmm. They were quite healthy-looking ones uh, in window boxes you know, above the ground, mm-hmm. and overnight, that night, zap, absolutely gone, right down to little teeny bit of gra- green, you know, where yeah. the plant was. Um, okay, not snails, I know. I've gone no. all over the thing. There's no snails. Not um, uh, caterpillars because, you know, they, I know what they look like and yep. their poo and all that stuff. Yep. Would rats do that? Rats will definitely do it. Um, so will cutworm. So cutworm cut are a little curved, um, they're like little dressmakers of the insect world. <laughs> so they like to trim uh, your newly planted seedlings into uh, a thin frock, really, where they yeah, take everything off, w- cut it off yeah. at ground level. So And, cut- and they do the lot. All of the window boxes in one night, you reckon? Yeah, easy, easy. Would take them less than half an hour. They're exceptionally good dressmakers. So they're a little curved grub. They're called cutworm. Comes from a Mm. tiny little moth. They go through Mm. and they chop all your seedlings off at ground level. 
Good grief. Yep. Well, I was a slow learner because I pulled that lot out. Put <laughs> and a put new lot in. in. <laughs> and it's just happened again. I'm completely depressed. Oh, <laughs> so. Deb. Okay, so well, you, the next letter, the next lot of seedlings you put in, yeah. get, uh, the, you know, the little yogurt pots, take the bottom out, push it into the soil and put yeah. it around your seedlings. It's not going to look really flash for a little while, but, um, but at least you'll get seedlings to grow up and actually flower where they're not just snipped off. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll give it try, a go. Try that, that, Debbie. Try that. Good on you, Debbie. Uh, Sandy writes, good morning, Sab and Row. Three weeks ago I texted you about the sick Christmas tree in Bedford. Mm. Update, council has put protected fence around it and have mulched a big circle around it. Fingers crossed <gasps> it's savable. Oh, let's Sandy. hope so, Sandy. We certainly do. Good morning, ladies. Uh, this is Grant in the garden listening to you, picking our last mangoes from a self-seeding tree in Wembley Downs. Mm. When should we prune back said tree and by how much? We want to keep the short tree short and spread, spread out. Spread out. It's a bit like, a bit like myself. <laughs> short and spread out. Uh, Megan Gale, Megan Gale. <laughs> oh, sorry, Megan Gale, Megan Gale. Um, okay, so, the, so you can prune your mango tree now. You need to do it before it starts getting cold. So you prune mango trees straight after they've finished flowering. No problem with hammering the top off um, so that you keep it to a manageable size. So do it now. Easy take off a third. You can take off up to a half. Okay. One last text before we go back to the calls. Hi, Gardening Legends. Oh, that's us. Absolutely. Now that you're a Gardening Australia, you know, they've got you on the list. Potential, yeah. Out of necessity, I had to repost a six-foot-tall kumquat. She was a bit root-bound but also had a panopoly of green fruit coming up. Will it handle the repotting okay at this time of year or did I do a boo-boo? I have another identical kumquat. Is there a better time of the year to repot, <laughs> says Wes. It's like I've There's got a lot spare, going on there. I've got a spare child. <laughs> um, no, they transplant really, really well. All citrus transplant really well, especially kumquats. You need to have taken 50% off the top of it before you transplant it. Uh, prune the bottoms of the, the root system so it's a nice clean cut. They transplant really well, no problem at all, and you can do it perfect time of the year now. All right. There you go, Wes. Thank you. Uh, back to your calls. Denise is in Mount Lawley. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I was wanting to know when and how to take some hibiscus cuttings. Okay. One's a deciduous and the mm. other one's a Ruth Wilcox. Oh, okay. So uh, Ruth Wilcox, you're going to take the cuttings from her in September. The deciduous ones, you're going to take the cuttings as soon as they drop all their leaves and uh, you take the the hardwood, semi-hardwood to hardwood cuttings. Okay. Thank you, Denise. I uh, had a text from Dot and, and a couple of others um, wanting us to excuse me, ID plants and stuff, oh. a reminder that we can't do that on the text. No. Nah. So please send them through on email, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Um, if you missed that, give Eva a call and she can repeat it to you. Um, we have had one come in from Nancy oh. and she is chasing, where's her instructions? Well, actually, I'm not sure she's given us any instructions. Oh, she's just, but- oh, the picture of a dying tree. Uh, and oh, it's a grevillea, is it? Uh, 
what is it? It's in tough. fact, the caller who can tell us more about, more about this is on the line. Ah, oh, Nancy from Safety okay. Mandy, Rory, sorry, from Safety Bay. Nancy, Nancy. Nancy. So what? Good morning, ladies. <laughs> good morning. That tree looks so. We've, we've got a picture of a street tree that. Uh, it's dead. Well, it's yeah. not dead. It's not dying. There is some little green shoots underneath. Mm. Um, I've had a friend who knows about things look at it and they think it's a New Zealand Christmas tree. Ah, oh, it is too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that, like calistamins, the New Zealand Christmas trees, Pahutukawa. They're all they're all doing that same thing. They're all dying back and getting. I don't know if it's canker, which is a fungal disease, or if it's their response to a drying climate. Where you, when you go to New Zealand and you see where pahutakawas grow, um, it's in beautiful lush soil with rainfall in summer and all those sort of things. So it may be a combination uh-huh. of a drying climate and also a fungal disease. So, Well, yeah, we're right up near the beach there, so it's probably sand. Right. It looks super dry. Yeah. The um, buffalo grass is right up to the bottom of the trunk and yeah. it was full of ants as well. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, that means it's super, super, super dry and the ants are burrowing all around the root system, so now you've got air pockets to add to the to the problem. So what you will need to do, Mandy, to save that tree, you need to cut off all the affected uh, dead wood. Then you need to actually, they've got a really dense root system, but you're going to have to rake away some of the mulch. You're going to have to get clay and compost mix. You can buy it in a bag. You would need probably five bags. Get some wetting agent and thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly soak it. Like really soak it, like a one-hour soaking. Yep, yep. That's okay, I tried a couple chance. of those. Should I get rid of all the grass around the base as well? Definitely, absolutely. Yep. yep. To yep. the point of the um, drip line, like a big cutout, or just a no, little bit, like no, a meter. No, like just a meter will be fine, Mandy. And then um, hopefully it'll spring back. <laughs> all the best, Mandy. Let us know, Nancy. Mandy, Nancy. Oh. Good luck with it, Em. (laughs) Please let us know how it goes. We've got ourselves completely confused. We have. Let's go to Tony, who's in Bally Valley. How are you going? Yeah, good day. How are you, ladies? Very well, Tony. Uh, We got hit by hail on Saturday. Oh, yeah, the storm. Yeah, uh, but my fruit trees, my citrus trees have all been, well, deep-rooted, deep-foliaged. Defrocked. Yeah, basically, and um, debarked. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So how do I save them? Now, if the bark, so the leaves, the foliage and the fruit will come back, that's not a big problem. But where the barks come off, it exposes the cambium layer. So ha- has the bark come off entirely all the way around the trunk? No, no. Okay, that's um, good. It's in lumps. I mean, big okay, lumps. okay, all right. Now, what you will need to do is you will need to make sure that that doesn't get uh, rot in it. So, I mm-hmm. would spray the, all your citrus trees that have been debarked with an anti rot spray. You okay. can use the same thing that they use for dieback, or you can use just something that's like anti rot. Um, To protect, yeah, to to protect it. Then just make sure you keep the water up, 
Um, they will regrow. So they're pretty tough-looking things, citrus. They will recover. I hope so because uh, this is my urinal. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you can spread yourself around to other plants. <laughs> Basically, just you're giving nitrogen, free nitrogen to the plants, Tony. Share that love. Uh, good on you, Tony. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to head down to Dunsborough. Hello, Katie. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Um, I have a strawberry guava. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually have two. One is not doing as well as the other. But, yep. So we'll focus on the good one. Yep. Um, it's been in the ground about five years. Mm-hmm. It's getting nice and tall and bushy. It looks lovely and healthy. Um, but I've had like two fruit off it in that whole time. <laughs> so how old did you say it was? About five years. Five years. Hmm. Yep. That's a bit bit slow on the uptake, isn't it, Katie? It's, I mean, it always flowers beautifully. Yeah, it, but you don't get the fruit. It's just the fruit set. Okay, yeah. that's uh, going to be a trace element deficiency. So you okay. need to get, you need to boost up, um, make sure that you use a fertiliser that's got all the trace elements in it. You can also, right. um, you, you can buy trace elements in a powdered form, mix it in a watering can. Get it all over the foliage. So it's really important to do that at flower set so that it's getting enough, um, it's getting all the potassium it needs to make the fruit. So that's vitally important to get that fruit to to develop. Because it has heaps of compost and poo and everything put on it. Yeah, but it's it's more of the trace element deficiency that's going on there, Katie. Great. I'll give okay. it a go. Jolly good. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Jerry says, good morning. Any suge- suggestions for treating gall wasp for heavily just lost it, it uh, heavily infested lemon tree in Jundana? Thanks um, from Jerry. Okay. So the only thing you can do is to keep cutting all the growth out. Have a look at your neighbour's trees and make sure that they are doing something to control gall wasp. Um if your tree is really severely infested with gall wasp, I would take it out. Okay. But, yeah, so go around your neighbours because gall wasp, they don't fly that far. So if everyone in a neighbourhood controls it, then you'll get rid of it. Okay. All the best with that, Jerry. Anne writes, hi, ladies, the potting mix and compost that I bought had earthworms in it. Should I still oh. use it? Thank you. I listen to you guys every time. Ah, thank you, Anne. Absolutely. You've got like, it's like a little bonus. You've got a, it's like being given a set of steak knives when you buy a sofa. (laughs) Definitely use it. Ah, very good. Um, Dawn in Mossman Park. Hi, Sab, to give your listeners some inspiration. I have a KP mango Mm -hmm. in a half wine barrel and it's about eight to 10 years old now. Its life is pretty tough, but it has given me, not the rats, she says, (laughs) seven of the biggest, fattest, <gasps> most delicious mangoes this year. Wow. Not quantity, but real quality. Wow. So you can grow a Kensington Pride mango in a pot. That is fantastic, Heidi. Um, Dawn. Dawn, sorry. <laughs> um, because well, I'm doing really well here. Uh, because, uh, you know, mangoes are a really enormous tree. So mm. they people put them in and go, oh, it's a little mango tree. And then it gets to 20 foot high and... 25 wide, so. Hmm. 
Very good. Uh, one more text from Sally from Ashby, which is near Joondalup. Hi, ladies. Help. My herbs and lettuce are being smashed by caterpillars. Mm. I've tried a spray. Um, it's not working. Yep. They're still munching on my chives. They are black caterpillars. What can you recommend, oh, if anything? The black caterpillars are out already. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the spray that um, that she's using is, is better if it hits the caterpillar. So what you need to do first thing in the morning, put a little pair of gloves on and go and pick the little sods off the backs of the leaves and then you use your garden boot (laughs) to do the rest of the job. Or you have a bucket of soapy water and in they go and they go, ah, a little bath and then they (laughs) die. Uh, Excellent. Let's go to John who's in Inaloo. Hello, John. Uh, hello. Um, look, my question is about wildflowers. And mm-hmm. um, so my parents are from Melbourne and yeah. my mum is about to turn 80 in September. Oh. Just I want to bring her over here to yeah. take her on a bit of a wildflower trip. Oh. Um, is there anywhere that you could recommend or different uh, maybe different tours that you could go on? or Yeah, absolutely. So I would definitely highly recommend Kings Park because they have, um, they've got pathways that are, are, are been built for um, wheelchairs or walkers. And the thing about Kings Park is they have it in zones. So you can get to see the wildflowers in the Pilbara, in the Kimberley, in the southwest. So it's a really great way to take people to see the wildflowers of the entire region. Then you've got the wheat belt. So you've got Mouche, you've got Malawa, Malawa, Morawa, Pinjali, all those those wheat belt places. If you go on to the, and of course the southwest, um, Mm -hmm. so all the, that they're probably a bit harder for your mum to get around. So if you go on to the, um, the, the uh, website for tourism, WA Tourism, they will have tours that, you, that your mum can go on in a box in a uh, go up in a bus and then they have guided tours where they put them in you know smaller cars smaller buses and go around but the, the you know the wheat belt has fantastic tours mm. um and people all head down to the southwest but that's where you know you'll see fields of everlasting daisies and stuff like that so look at the wa tourism website and also the west australian wildflower society they will give you all the hot spots very good awesome. thank you thank you Thanks, sab john. good luck john and have a wonderful time with your mother yeah. um head to the midwest is with lots of exclamation marks you're getting um st jones cottage is getting a nod for native gardens and the oh. sea view um best wildflowers in the world says a biased barb wow <laughs> Um, yeah, there's some options for you, but yeah, plenty, plenty at that time of year. We always say we're going to get out there with the show at some point. But oh well, well let's do. You know, we, we have to do something. Yeah, <laughs> we better, we better. <laughs> All right. Speaking of doing something, we better do this. It is that time again. It is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. Here we go now. 
Here we go now. So this is a theme this week. Oh, theme. Okay. Because um, Ebony's not leaving the ABC. She's just moving across to weekdays. She's She's leaving leaving us. us. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a bummer. Um, uh, But we are going to get Mickey, which is a delight. So um, so it has to be a a worthy song yes. to farewell the very glamorous Ebony Spriggs. Mm. And I tell you what, the weekdays producers better lift their game because this girl <laughs> is pretty glamorous. So we do, I did promise opera. So I think something fitting for Ebbs, we've got uh, Time to Say Goodbye, sung by Andrea Bocelli and Anna Maria Martinez. Sad. The only thing better than the music was Ebb's spirit fingers going on out the back <laughs> to close, which were quite extraordinary. But my goodness, you have got some feedback. Wow. Bear I reckon with this us. is the most popular song I've played. Love this song, Carolyn Yokine says, gives me shivers up my spine. Wendy says, beautiful. I love your music segment, Sabrina. Thanks for making my morning. <laughs> Steve in Busso takes a lighter hearted approach. That opera song was also sung by Will Ferrell in Step Brothers. <laughs> Best part of the movie. Uh, Phil and Jerry, not normally into opera, but this is not bad. Uh, Jill at Wandy, so beautiful, makes me cry. I love this song. Deb and Kalaroo, very nice. Sabrina, very nice. Uh, a magical song to vacuum the house to, someone ah. else says. Sabby, Brian and Kingsley reckons this is your best choice yet. This is Andre Bocelli's best too. Uh, Carol and Brian, I should say, sorry, and Kingsley. Uh Jen in Williams is taking us back to Step Brothers. I love this song, but unfortunately all I can think of is Will Ferrell and Step Brothers now. Uh, Michelle in Bridgetown, thank you. What a beautiful choice of music, Sab. Just what I would have chosen to play today after a jangled week. Uh, Hope that lifted your week, Michelle. Sabrina, not uh, hang on, that one's about actually gardening. We'll get to those. Um, I really like this and I'm not really into opera, says Rachel in Frio. Thanks, Sabrina. That song is better than any medication. Joel in Port Kennedy. Uh, Christine says, crying, time to say goodbye. Beautiful memories of my mum who died suddenly from cancer a year and a half ago and my dad who passed away last year. Oh, Christine. Christine. Sending you lots of love. Um, Beautiful. One of my favourites, says John. It's all about um, the Italians that emigrated after the war, etc. Sabrina, you have excelled in capital letters. I can't even keep up with how quickly... They're coming through. But they're coming through. Um, beautiful. Love it. Love the show. Thanks, Helen in Rockingham. Thumbs up from from Julia, I should say. Um, uh, bravo, bravo. Enjoyed it at max volume with my espresso. PJ of West <laughs> Perth. Awesome pit, Kerry and Bullsrook. Beautiful. Annie and Chidlow, who's... Um, still in recovery. All the best to you, Annie. Best choice ever, Sabrina. Absolutely loved it. Sharon in Denmark. Beautiful choice, Sab. From Sandy and Reggie Dog. We're both crying into our oh. respective breakfast bowls. <laughs> Jeez, we've generated some tears this morning. Um, gosh, I needed this. Thank you, Sab. How about opera fortnightly? Ooh. Not being greedy, says Penny. Has brought me to tears, more tears for Demi and Cool Up. My two pugs don't know what's wrong with me. What a beautiful <laughs> song choice. Sandy's got tears Sand. rolling down her Sand. cheeks on oh. a crescendo of joy. 
Sam from Jero. Here we go. This ah. week's pick was a cracker. Oof. Over the past week, I've been working on my final assessment, which clocked in at 12,000 words oh and 60 pages. Been hammering the classical music from a box set of CDs I bought, and this fits right in. That's uh, oh, fantastic. Thank you. That was brilliant from Juliet. Fantastic, biased Barb in Jero. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Greatest piece of music ever written by Bob. Thank you for the amazing track. I just adored it. Making me cry too. More tears. Instrumental version. Uh, beautiful, Sabby. My brother and I played an instrumental version of this at our mother's wedding. Oh. Love this song, Claire. That's more like it. Love this song. No, ACDC is better. There you go. I just had to oh, find one. We need, we need one negative. Oh, I actually not can't a negative. It's just so, no, there's reading heaps. them all because we will fill 20 minutes um, and we've got callers on the line. But well, that was clearly a winner. Was indeed. Mm. Just like our Eb. She's a just winner Just like too. our Eb. Judy is in High Wycombe. We're going to get back to your calls now. I feel like we need to. 1300 720 if you want to join in. Hey, Judy. Uh, hello. What can we do for you, Judy? Uh, my hibiscus um, plant I've had in the ground for seven or eight years, uh, it's um, getting all these yellow leaves on it and I pick off yellow leaves and then I'll go out next day and there's about double amount and it's going on day after day. But there are um, little shoots of green leaves on different branches. But right. Um, the leaves haven't completely come off of the plant. Mm. Um, um, I mean, not all the leaves have come off. So I was wondering what I can do. I have sprayed several things right. onto it to have try. You, have you sprayed a fungal, uh, a fungus, a fungicide yes. on it, Judy? Yes, I have. Yeah. Mm. I think you may need to do that again. I reckon it's a fungal issue. Oh, okay. Have a look at the very base of the plant. See if there's any cracking or it's it's definitely a fungus, Judy. So you're just going to have to – I don't know if you've tried it, but I would try the um, Mancozeb Plus All and right. spray the whole plant because I think there's something happening at root zone level there. Thank you, Judy. Um, so many more texts still rolling in, complimenting your song pick, Sab, without question. It's your most popular. Um, Blake is in South Perth. Hello. Good morning. How are you guys? Morning, Blake. We are sensational. Um, I like that song as well, by the way. Great. 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 Um, I've got a bunch of pots with succulents in them, Mm -hmm. and the dirt has settled, and now it's about sort of 10 centimetres from the top of the pot. Yep. And I'm wondering to re you know, get the level of soil back up. Can I just pour soil on and sort of bury the bottom third of the succulent or do I need to take them out, put the soil in and then replant them? Depends what the succulent is. I, if you want to play safe, I would lift them up and replant them because yep. you get you can get rotting in the leaves because the leaves hold a lot of moisture. You cover that with soil and you'll end up with rot. Well, not you personally, Blake. I'm sure you have good hygiene. <laughs> but, um, yes, <laughs> you, can, you can be pretty ruthless with a succulent, let us say. Yeah, okay. No, understood. All right. That's what I'll get done today. Thank okay. You. No worries. Thanks, Blake. Uh, Chris is in Busselton. Hello, Chris. Uh, do you want to speak to mum? No, 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 mum. Oh. Yeah, well, you want I, to speak I, to us, Chris? I am a mum. You can speak oh, to this mum. You are on the radio, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you've got a busy morning there, mate. Have we interrupted you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's just sorting out the house first. Apologies and then great embarrassment. We're We're having a good laugh. That's all good. That's okay, Chris. That's all right, mate. Jordan was talking about how they should be out fishing, but there you go. (laughs) Well, off they go then. Off they go with their fishing lines. Now, back on land, Chris, what's happening on the land? Exactly. Um, we've uh, tried everything, but uh, the, the even the kaikuya, all of all the uh, fruit trees we have, uh, we've thrown everything at them, and it, everything's turned yellow still. And uh, we cannot work it out. Been battling it for about a year now. Okay. So okay. So uh, you're in Busso, um, and you've got so the root system of your plants eventually hit the sandy soil. Number one, you need to do a soil test. Do a pH test first, but I would do a proper soil test. So the pH only tells you, you know, whether it's acid or or alkaline. It will definitely go purple. It will definitely be alkaline. One of the best ways to get trace elements into your plants is with a foliar feed. Okay, there's a yeah, foli- meaning it goes on the leaves. So oh, there, right. there is a product that you can get that it, you click it onto your hose. It's it's a trace element spray. You click it onto your hose, <laughs> and your water. And your, and Don't your worry, water. I've got tears in my eyes too. <laughs> that, that actually it's wasn't too much tears. going on. Ah, anyway, so you spray. <laughs> Foliage, <laughs> spray the foliage, Chris, and, and um, there's all sorts of stuff going on in this in our household here as well at the moment, Chris. So you spray the foliage with this trace spray, okay? You do it every fortnight, but you're still going to have to improve the soil, all right? So oh, right. clay and compost, clay and compost. You only need to use clay once. You need to use compost, compost, compost. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a wonderful compost system happening. Okay, yeah. beautiful. Test, pH test your compost because some compost is alkaline. Okay, mm. beautiful. Thank you, Chris. Um, we've got a special guest on the line, Sabrina, the Chief Plant Biosecurity Officer. We do. Dr. Sonia Broughton has joined us. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Sonia. It's um, it's fabulous to have you on board on on our little Roots and Shoots program. And uh, I had lots of um, text messages coming my way over the last few weeks to say that there's quarantine areas for the Queensland fruit fly. Of course, we've had the Mediterranean fruit fly for a long time. So uh, we've brought you on air to talk about the... Um, the incidence of the Queensland fruit fly now making itself quite at home here in WA. Yes, it keeps trying to do it, unfortunately, and Mm. we keep trying to kill it. Yeah. Persistent little sod, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, just so people uh, understand, why is this significant? So why is DPIRD trying to control the Queensland fruit fly? Okay, so what we're actually trying to do is protect the WA horticultural industry, which is worth $1.49 billion at wholesale. Um, So that's pretty much why we're doing what we're doing. Um, And also, if it were to establish in Western Australia, 
there would be an extra control cost to growers, um, commercial growers as well as obviously the backyard growers, mm. and we think that's around about thirty-eight million per annum. Wow! So it's quite, yeah, it's quite, it's worth it to um, try to keep this thing from establishing. Mm. So, um, what can the home gardener do? I know that there's um, quarantine areas, and there's a lot of information for the home gardener, but basically, what what can the home gardener do to try and help control the Queensland fruit fly and, in fact, the Mediterranean fruit fly because that has a, a, a big effect on all our um, commercial producers as well? That's right. So I guess one of the well, easy things, one, if you have a fruit tree and you don't actually pick any of the fruit, you might want to consider removing it. Mm-hmm. Um because that does um, that's an issue for both Queensland fruit fly and Mediterranean fruit fly. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is just to make sure that the if you're picking your fruit, that it's actually a size that you can reach. Um, so I know I've got a neighbour, an old Italian, lovely gentleman, um, but his fruit trees are incredibly tall and he can't reach them except with a ladder, which mm. isn't great when you're sort of in your 70s or 80s. Um, you don't really want to be on a ladder. So also pruning to keep them at a manageable height. Um, and the other thing that I recommend is uh, insecticides and, and things like that probably aren't going to be that effective in the Perth metro area just because of the sheer number of fruit trees and population of fruit flies, as in Mediterranean fruit fly. Um, so bagging your fruit or putting um, netting over the top of it, it stops birds, but it can also stop fruit fly for using the right sort of size mesh. Yeah, those exclusion bags work really, really well, actually. And the great thing is they're they're not expensive and they're readily available. Um, but that's that is a really that's a big thing is managing. If you are going to have fruit trees, then you have to be aware that you have to manage pests and diseases because, of course, we've now got the gall wasp as well, mm. which is becoming a major problem. Um, so how can people find more information about the Queensland fruit fly? Okay, so we have a website. It's um, it's wonderful for a whole lot of different things, but in this particular case, um, it's also got the Queensland fruit fly information. If you're actually in a quarantine zone, for example, you're not supposed to be moving any fruit out of it. Um, and also, I guess, if people can give us access to their property so that we can carry out the activities we need to do. So um, www.agric.wa.gov.au, um, you'll find the information there. We also have a pest and disease information service um, and that number is 93683080 or you can also email us at paddis at dperd.wa.gov.au. And if any of those ways don't work for you, we also have My Pest Guide Reporter. So we've got an app on um, both Android as um, well as iPhones. So you can always go in and have a look and download our app. And it's good for all sorts of things, not just fruit flies. Um, but, yeah, if you're finding funny larvae in particularly things like capsicums, tomatoes, fruit fly larvae, um, please give us a call or, you know, drop us an email or whichever other Actually, way you like that's, to contact Actually, that's us. a great point, Sonia, because people don't realise the fruit fly go to fruits, which are things like capsicums and tomatoes, and they are a fruit, and fruit fly will go to them. I'm pleased you brought that up. Sonia, thank you so much for coming. So for people, please download that My Pest Guide Reporter app. It is brilliant Mm -hmm. for all sorts of things. Or go to www.agric.com. 
www.wa.gov.au or listen to this segment back well, on, on your yeah, podcast. Look at you go. Yay. Thank you, Dr. Sonia Broughton. Yes, you can. abc.net.au slash Perth. Look for Roots and Shoots um, and you can listen back within seven days and, of course, the Roots and Shoots podcast. We can plug all of that at the same time. Beautifully done, Sabby. Yeah. Let's Look get back to your calls now. We've got eight minutes uh, left of today's program. So we'll rip through uh, this full bank of calls that we've got at the moment. Bridget is in North Perth can get us started. Hey, Bridget. Yeah. Hi, ladies. Um, I have a um, – I've sent you an email as well, so I don't know if you have those photos mm. in front of you there of a hakea tree in my backyard, Hakea pecularis. Yes. Pecularis. Oh, yes, I do. Here we are. Rose brought it up. Oh, it looks – it's a little bit nude. It is. It's Mm. a little bit nude. Um, Mm. It's it's, – it has been a gorgeous tree. Mm. Well, um, it's actually one of the reasons I bought the place 15 years ago because it was so gorgeous and in flower at the time and stuff. Um, so, but it was, it was, you know, it was quite a significant plant at that time. Um, so I'm wondering how long they last, if you know that. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm looking at the tree now and yeah. I'm afraid it's, yeah, it's had its day it's in the sun. It's on its way out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it did have a minor root problem last year, which right. I, I sort of I had a bit of a, uh, you know, I patched it up a bit, but I was thinking, yeah. all right, no. it's near the end now. I'm so sorry, Bridget. Um, you know, we all sort of come to <laughs> to a point like Eb did where she's gone, no, it's Sunday mornings? No, I don't think so. No more. No. Like that little hakea, off she goes. I'm going to call her at 4.30 every Saturday morning <laughs> anyway, just because we can. <laughs> Let's go to Kaz in Australia. Oh, ah, funny. Hello, Kaz. Oh, Kaz has popped out. All right, we're running out of time, so I'm quickly going to go to Karen in Bassendine. Hello, Karen. Oh, hello, um, Sabrina and Ro. Thanks for taking the call. Two quick pruning questions, yep. please. I've got a um, Acacia saligna, the fast-growing one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I only planted it in August of last year, and it's already sort of almost two metres tall. Yep. Can I start to prune to shape it, or do I kind of have to let it? No, like... hook in, Karen. <laughs> Acacia <laughs> saligna. They're used to yep. kangaroos and e- emus just knocking okay. three quarters of it off. So oh, right. Go hard. Yeah. Okay. Go hard. Okay. Thank you. And a Chinese tallow that's a bit more mature, when do I prune it and how hard do I prune it? Not hard. So you're going to prune it in June and July and you're only going to take a third off. Lovely. Thanks so much. No worries. Beautiful, Karen. Thank you. Daryl's in Dunsborough. Hello, Daryl. Oh, good morning, Sabrina. Uh, uh, Ro. Ro. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? We're fab. I have... um, some sanded roses in Dunsborough. Yep. And uh, and the and I must have had a couple of families of possums move next door, and and they're eating everything. There's virtually nothing left of them. Is is there any way to control uh, uh, possums Oof. or not? Now, possums, you've probably got the endangered possum down there. So what you can do is you can make a little possum house for them and uh, around near peppermints because that's where they live, in peppermint trees. I would put a little grove of peppermint trees, if you can, and lure them away from from your roses. Some people put pieces of fruit out. 
for them, but they love the new growth. Put in a trap crop, as in another crop of things you think they might prefer to eat so that they eat those rather than your roses. Beautiful. Good luck with that, Daryl. Thank you. We're going to head to Alan, who's in Middlesex. Hello, Alan. Oh, yeah, good morning, ladies. Now, is this um, Middlesex in England? No, Middlesex near Manjum up in, uh, in the ah. southwest. Oh, I got really well, excited then, Alan. We're still excited. Oh, we know. We're so excited here. So excited. There's nothing wrong with Middlesex in WA that's not Middlesex in, in Britain. Well, we're very excited too because today we are celebrating 100 years of group settlement in our area. Wow. Um, one of the groups is called Middlesex. One yep. was called Brucedale. One was called Smithbrook. And one was called Carrie Hills. And we're celebrating that today with many, many people. But the reason I'm ringing, Sabrina, Mm -hmm. is that um, we would like to plant a tree. And would like you to suggest something um, that we can plant that will last the duration. Okay, so that's a that's a great question. So you know, I would put in something historically that was in the in that area that grew in that area um, back when people first came. Depending on uh, the soil type, you want a long liver. So, I'd love a long, a bit longer than the liver I've got because I think it's shrinking. Um, So, I would suggest one of the local carimbias, so the red flowering gum. Depending on if you've got deep soil, I would be putting in a carry tree. Oh, dear me. Look, we've got this close to our, our hall. And um, we don't want leaves getting in the gutter. So possibly something more traditional from Middlesex. Ah, from England. Okay. So you've got a a plethora of things there. Um, In the early days, they put in uh, uh, the Australian pepper tree. They used lily pillies. They they actually put food food trees in because they needed to. Um, I have to think about that a bit more, Alan. So I'm going to pass you back to Ebbs. I'll get your number. And I'll give you a list of trees because, quite frankly, we want to flog her to death before she leaves. <laughs> give her a couple of last tasks that she has to follow up. Kaz in Australind, tell us about your fungi problem. <laughs> Hi, Sabrina Rowe. I've got this fungi growing in the garden. I've just put mulch or hay down in my veggie garden. Mm-hmm. They're like a slimy puffball. So, yep. yeah, oh, you good. know what it is? Yep. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, so there's nothing to worry about there, Kaz. Don't eat it. That's all. No. Um, so that's just part of the whole biological framework that goes into the soil. So some some fungi that looks like puffballs edible, others highly toxic. It's not going to make your veggie gardens toxic. It's just come up in the mulch and I definitely would not worry about it at all. Oh, that is so good because I scrape yep. it all up with my hands and thinking this can't be good. Yep, no. But- I've kept it in a bucket. I'll go and put it back on the garden. Yep. <laughs> well done, Kaz. <laughs> Good on you, Kaz. Thank you very much. Um, that wraps up another <gasps> edition of Roots and Shoots. Thank you for your company today. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Sports talk coming your way in just a tick. Another short and sweet one, of course. Daylight Savings ends tomorrow, so you'll get a bit longer in sports talk going forward. Sharon Wellingham, Glenn Quartermain and Clint Wilden will be joining you on the other side of the news. Special big thank you to Ebony Spriggs. Um, our regional listeners probably aren't aware, but Eb's with me from 
five o'clock every Saturday morning has yep. been for the last 18 months or more. I think it's been now and it's been an absolute treat, Eb. So thank you for being um, such a wonderful part of our show from early in the morning on Saturday, Brecky on ABC Perth and to Roots and Shoots as well. You we have love yourself. you, Eb. We, we do. love you. We do. Have fun time on afternoons and we'll be back on this show next Saturday, next weekend. This is an ABC podcast.